Hey, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and together with Bruce, we have written three dozen cookbooks, including the latest, The Look and Cook Air Fryer Bible. We're actually working on the three dozen plus one cookbook right now. We'll talk more about that as it's appropriate in the podcast. It's kind of a big, giant tome we're doing, but I should say before we get started that uh, I have had a cold, an upper respiratory <laughs> grossness, not COVID, and as far as I know, I'm still a virgin. I've tested. Uh, mm. I know. Statistics say I'm not, mm. but anyway, I've had this thing for about a week, and I'm on the back end of it, but I sound all stopped up, so I apologize for that. Okay, up in our podcast, we've got our one-minute cooking tip. As always, we're going to be making granola, but an interesting new kind of granola, a kind that you may not have considered a warm granola, perfect Mm. for the weekends, and we'll tell you what's making us happy in food this week. So let's get started with our one-minute cooking tip. What is it? It's about not wasting food when a recipe calls for, say, one tablespoon of something and you have to open a whole can. You know, yeah, this happens. It is, it is a thing. Uh, I know. It used to be a thing with tomato paste. Mm, and I have to confess tomato that paste. tomato paste now comes in the toothpaste tubes. But I have to confess that I still, I'm so old, I still buy the can. Yeah. Most I can't people, help myself. Yeah, most people buy the can. The tubes are usually from Italy and they're very expensive. I buy the cans too. And it's not just tomato paste. Chipotle's in adobo with a kind of thing where you'll mm. open it to use one anchovies you open those tins you use one or two and then what do you do with the rest of i them? know I, I i feel this pain because when i write recipes for our books if you don't know i'm the writer and versus the chef and he'll call for one chipotle in adobo sauce one canned chipotle in adobo sauce in a recipe and i always sit there and write it and think oh well what would i do with the rest of them? it's always a thing with me because the can doesn't stay fresh for more than a few days so here's right. the thing you could freeze them but not the way they are so take the tomato paste, put it in a tiny little snack size Ziploc, press it flat and freeze it. And that way, when you need some, just open the bag and break off some. So you take it out of the can mm-hmm. and put it in the zip sealed bag and, flatten and then flatten it. So it freezes flat so it's easy to break off a piece. And for the chipotles, puree them first in a little food processor. Do the same thing. And anchovies too. Don't freeze them as a block. Lay them in a Ziploc bag flat and freeze them flat so you can break off one at a time. So this is all about putting them in a small zip sealed bag, Mm -hmm. flattening them a bit. I mean, you don't want to squish them, but flattening them a bit Mm -hmm. and then freezing it flat so that you can chip off pieces of yeah it. you just break off a piece when you oh, need very it very interesting really i know people always tip. people always talk about using ice cube trays but that's uh, first of all ice cube trays take ooh, up so much space and, and two who has said <laughs> ice cube trays and in the also, modern world an ice cube tray is a large amount right so you're gonna have like two or three tablespoons I mean, we, per ice cube yeah and we have ice cube trays but they're, they're really fancy giant ice cubes for cocktails so yeah, they you, fill the whole glass each right. cube is the size of a baseball. Right, and we have the spheres and all that kind of stuff, but um, who has ice cube trays anymore? Mm. That's such an old food writer tip. This is a, well, I'm going beyond way beyond one minute, but I love this bit because we've been in the business so long that we know a lot of really old school authors who are still in the business and still writing cookbooks, and I see their posts on social media, and sometimes I think, are you kidding me? They'll, <laughs> they'll say something about using uh, some old gadget, and I'll think, yeah, right. Like your egg beater. Yeah, like an egg beater or a hand crank egg beater or I prefer to use a hand beater for this batter and I'm like, 
What? And what, what chop are you talking your garlic about? with a mezzaluna. Oh, a mezzaluna. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, we have one, but okay, <laughs> you have everything. Okay, before we get to the cooking part of this podcast, let me say it would be great if you could subscribe to this podcast, if you could rate it, if you could write us a review, that would be even the best. As you probably know, this is an unsupported podcast. We've chosen to keep it that way, and so the way you could help us support it is by either giving it a rating or better, writing a review even like great podcast thank you to all of you who have recently done this we really appreciate the support in the analytics i know it's not your problem it's ours but it's the way that you can help us out okay now let's get in the kitchen because we're going to make a really unusual warm granola this is a skillet granola or it's really or even a wok you can absolutely make this in a wok i have actually done it in a wok before now i like to use a non-stick skillet so if i'm using a wok i have multiple woks of course i don't use my stainless steel wok i use my well seasoned iron wok because it is non-stick at this point if you don't have a non-stick thing you could do it in a regular but i like the way it works better in a non-stick so all the ingredients we have in front of us are going to get mixed together. They're going to get tossed in this hot pan to caramelize a bit. And it's not a lot. We're just making enough for two. Okay, let me stop and say, why would you want to do this? I got two things to say before you get rolling here. I got two things to say. Why would you want to do this? One is because it's very warm and comforting on a winter weekend morning. And better, I'll give you a tip for this at the end. You can make part of this ahead. It's actually super simple, but you can make part of it ahead. And two, I don't know about your house, but at least in our house, I can tell you why we're making it, is we are definitely a granola family. I mean, there is always granola in our pantry that we have made. We have written granola recipes in at least three, maybe four <laughs> or five books, grain maids and vegetarian dinner parties. This is actually a recipe that is from the Kitchen Shortcut Bible, except I'm kind of going to change it a bit up today. But it's from the our book, The Kitchen Shortcut Bible. And I just, I love this because on the weekend, this is so comforting. And as Bruce says, it takes about five minutes, very quick. But as he says, uh, it only makes enough for about two servings. And why are we only making enough for two? Because you're making it in a skillet. So for the proper heating right. and the proper caramelizing of the sugars, you can't have more in your pan than this. So what we have is a large glass bowl in front of us. And I'm putting in two cups of rolled oats. Now, let me say two things about rolled oats before we get rolling here. Again, I know I keep having to interrupt. I'm the writer and I keep having to explain things. If you don't know and if you have any issues with gluten uh, rolled oats are a problem because oats are milled in the same facility as wheat so there can be wheat residue on oats you need to look for certified gluten-free oats and two while we're using rolled oats and we really love the thick cut rolled oats from bob's red mill mm, shout out to them those. and they're not sponsoring us but shout out <laughs> we really love them don't use instant oats for this don't use steel cut oats but you can use any other kind of grain flake like rolled oats. So, for example, you can use barley flakes, you can use wheat flakes, you can use kamut flakes. I would suggest you use one cup of oats and one cup of yep. some other kind of spelt flakes, mm. any kind mm. of flaked processed rolled grain you can use in this. Uh, I actually happen to love kamut and spelt flakes. So I would probably use a cup of oats and a cup of those flakes. Okay, come on. On top of that, I'm dumping one quarter cup of sliced almonds, not slivered almonds, not whole almonds. Sliced are the ones that will give you the most surface area. 
and then two tablespoons of shredded unsweetened coconut. Yeah, now this is not the baking coconut in the baking aisle. This no. is sometimes it's sold as desiccated mm-hmm. coconut. And also sometimes as macaroon coconut. Oh, and right. look for the tiny little shreds, not the big slivers, not the pieces that look like you used a vegetable peeler to get them off. So all this is just going in a bowl, and then I'm going to add a tablespoon of maple syrup. Please don't use a substitute. Don't offend our New England souls. Use real maple syrup. And I'm going to put a tablespoon of oil in here. And here's another place where you can kind of uh, mess with the recipe a bit. I'm just using a neutral flavored oil. I think I'm using canola oil here, right? But This is canola, but I love olive oil on this sometimes. Okay, olive oil is an interesting and aromatic idea, but don't forget all the nut oils like mm. pecan oil, uh, walnut oil, uh, almond oil, hazelnut oil. Don't forget all of oh, those. Oh, yeah, the ones you have to cash out your IRA for. You do, <laughs> especially pecan oil oh, for some goodness. reason. Um, anyway, you don't have to use standard unflavored oil like canola oil. You can use any oil you want. Well, one of the things we've said often is that oil and fats have 120 calories per tablespoon. Right. So the reason you're using oil here is for texture, but also for flavor. So maybe you don't want to go with an unflavored. Get something that's a bang for your buck with your calories. Okay, and I have to also stop and say, I did something that I hate every food writer does, and I hate it so much, and I'm guilty of it. And I said, use any oil you want. No, don't, actually don't. <laughs> don't use sesame oil. Don't, don't use, use motor oil. D- oh, God, no. Don't use motor <laughs> oil. Don't use, I don't know, WD-40. <laughs> don't use, I don't know, don't use any oil you want. Toasted sesame oil would be icky. Ew, I think ew. unrefined Peanut oil, like you can find in Asian markets, that I think would be icky. Don't use mustard oil. Mustard oil would be icky. So you could use refined peanut oil. You could use any of the nut oils I mentioned. Coconut oil would work, though, because I love the flavor. You could use coconut oil because you're using coconut in it. Or a neutral oil, corn oil, vegetable oil, canola oil, you know, all those kind of things. You can use those. Okay, now what's our seasoning? A half a teaspoon of cinnamon and a quarter teaspoon of salt. Don't forget the salt. The salt is really crucial to this. So now I'm going to put a flame under the pan before we start the rest because I want the pan to heat up. Okay, so we put all of this in the bowl. Now you're going to put on some gloves. And why are you doing that? Because we're going to do a prostate exam. Oh, uh, mm. oh. <laughs> no, uh, we're not. Do I get dinner before? Okay, go ahead. The same, same surgical gloves we would use for that procedure. Oh. I'm putting on to mix this. Now you can mix this with a spoon, but I like using the gloves because I could get my hands in there and really make sure that oil and that syrup is well blended. It's ground into those oats and on the coconut. And I want it to just be as tightly compacted as I can. And I want to say that while I would usually use my cleaned and dried hands for this, this is sticky and messy and you will get it all up between your fingers. And the gloves help getting it uh, off and they leave more of it in the bowl. It really adheres to your skin because of the maple syrup. I use oil. gloves for everything. I use it when I I'm know, making meatballs. I use it. I know. Gloves and parchment chef. paper are my two favorite kitchen tools we these days. We always have this big thing of rubber gloves. Not not cleaning rubber gloves, no, no. but surgical gloves yep. under the sink and Bruce uses them all the time. Okay, so anyway, he's mixed this all together. The skillet is now hot. Now what we're going to do is we're going to pour this whole mixture and scrape it so that you get every last drop of spice spices and everything into that hot skillet 
And now we're going to toss it and stir it over the heat for about five minutes. You do not have to stir it constantly. You can stir it a bit. So let's talk about granola while we're doing this mm-hmm. and talk about what are the good things to do with granola. Oh, well, first of all, milk of the giver. Well, first of all, yogurt. Granola on yogurt is yeah, the best. Is. And especially this warm granola. There's right. something about it that's so fabulous. Yes, it's true. It's and true. It's also great in milk. And you don't have to just think mm-hmm. cow milk. It's great in oat milk, almond milk. Um, and the and I Almond know, milk is my favorite with granola. I, I know this is weird. It is lately. Um, I know this is weird, but the warm... Uh, granola going into the cold milk, it warms the milk a little bit. Of course, it takes the heat off the granola, but it makes it all much more comforting. It's also really great with all kinds of fruit, berries, strawberries. You can uh, slice them up. You can macerate them. Oh, there's a fancy term. And a little sugar if you want to before you add them to granola, blackberries, etc., raspberries. You do that as you're making this granola and then, you know, just mix it with the with that sweetened fruit. Uh, as you serve it, and it's warm and it's comforting. Make sure you have a fire going in the fireplace. That's almost like an instant crisp, right? Because you have this fruit that's all juicy. You could even take your berries with a little bit of sugar and put them in the microwave for like Mm. 30 seconds to warm them. Mm. Then you put this warm granola on Mm. that's still crunchy, and you have instant crisp. Yeah, it, it's yeah, all of this is for a great winter weekend morning. And what you're looking for here as we continue to stir this over the heat, you're looking for something that's a little brown and toasty. It should smell very aromatic. Mm-hmm. Those oats should start to change from their kind of gray color. What is that? That pale white gray yep, color? Yeah, to a little golden. little gold. You don't, don't take this too far because of the almonds. You don't want to singe them. Also, the sugars will burn. So if right. you're not sure, go a minute or a minute and a half under as opposed to longer because you don't want this to burn. You don't want the coconut to burn. You don't want that maple syrup to burn. You just want this to be toasty and aromatic. And don't forget, while we're still riffing off this, don't forget all those great yogurts out there that are not cow yogurt. There's goat yogurt out there, coconut yogurt, almond yogurt. There's all kinds of yogurts that exist out there, right? Cashew yogurt. There are. I had another really interesting idea for this. What if you were making a grilled cheese and you put the cheese on the bread and you sprinkled some of this warm granola over the cheese and then put the other piece and then made your grilled cheese with some of this warm... You mean like a breakfast grilled cheese. Uh Uh-huh. And that way you have like this sort of sweet granola inside your grilled cheese. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think it it might work. I don't know. Uh, It seems (laughs) a little weird, but... You could even use it as a topping on top of, you know, warm mushy cream of wheat cereal. Oh, yes, absolutely. Any kind of cereal that you make, cream of rice, cream of wheat, this would be a great warm topping on it. Okay, so we've gone on here a bit, and in the spirit of the podcast, we're going to take this off. The heat is a little early to take it off, but we're going to take it off so that we can taste it. And let me say that you probably need to let this cool for just a little bit. We taste a lot of food, and our mouths are probably Teflon at this point. <laughs> Perhaps I'm telling you too much, but um, I think our mouths are Teflon at this point. So we can set this aside and let it cool for a second or two, and then it'll uh, be able to be tasted. But you might want to add more. You'll notice that there's no dried fruit in this. Mm-hmm. There's just the coconut, and that's because the dried fruit becomes super hot sugar bombs mm-hmm. over the heat. So we want to keep that out. If you want to add dried fruit, now would be the time to add some raisins or dried cherries or dried, dried cranberries. And let me tell you, that if you want to do this the a little bit the night before to get this set up, take those dried ingredients, the rolled oats, the almonds, 
and the unsweetened uh, coconut, as well as the spices, the cinnamon and the salt. Mix that together in the bowl and then just set it aside on the counter so that when you get up in the morning, that's all mixed together. And all you have to do is add the maple syrup and the oil and then you're ready to go in the morning. So uh, easy. To make this really easy. Get your pan nice and warm. You don't have to get it flaming hot, but nice and warm and then dump this in so that it'll toast as you stir it. And we didn't say the level of heat. This was on a medium heat, not a high heat at all. Yeah, don't This get is it like a medium heat. You don't want this to burn. This is a slow toast. Right, exactly. Um, this recipe, by the way, lives on our website, bruceandmark.com. You can find it there along with this podcast episode and copy it down if you want. It also exists in our book, The Kitchen Shortcut Bible. And in the show notes to this podcast, you can find a link to buying The Kitchen Shortcut Bible. So, okay, let's give this thing a taste and we'll see what we think about the whole thing. I've got it and Ooh, it's quite crunchy, and we took it off a little too early. And still it's, crunchy. It's still crunchy, and mm. it's... I love that. Mm, it's so warm, and mm-hmm. it's so comforting. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you what this is like on a New England cold morning. I don't think I want this in the summer on a warm morning, but mm, it's a great thing, and it's a great, you know, make ahead. If you want to, if you've got a family and you, or a household guest and you want to make more of this, let me say that you should probably make... Or servings, for example, in two skillets. Mm-hmm. Set them up separately. And the reason we're saying this, again, is because you need surface area to toast yep. the oats or whatever grain flakes you're using. Yep. You need surface area in order to make that happen. It also doesn't take long, right? It's five minutes. So if yeah. you've prepped everything ahead, you can make a couple batches in a row without people feeling that be, they're being deprived at the table. Right. Bruce Bruce would be able to do both skills at once. I cannot. I could probably walk, do four skills at once. Yeah, I can't walk and chew gum. Or I can't, I don't know, I can't whistle and think at the same time so <laughs> it's uh, it's a thing with me anyway uh, I, we hope you uh, will try out this warm granola on a cool or spring morning ahead and try it out let us know what you think come to our Facebook group Cooking with Bruce and Mark or our TikTok channel Cooking with Bruce and Mark and you can drop your comments there okay up next what's making us happy in food this week Ukrainian borscht Ah, that was mine. You can't have that. <laughs> We've been eating it for days. Okay, fine. Oh, let me explain before you tell what it is. Uh, so, again, I went down with this respiratory grossness about a week ago. And uh, I ran a fever for a day. And then it came out. It got better and better. But it's taking a really long time to get out of me, this whatever this thing is that I've got. And um, I wanted really comfort healing food. So... So I had oxtails in the freezer, God. and I had fresh As one does, and I had fresh dill on the counter in a little jar of water, which As is how does. I keep my herbs. As one does, and I thought, well, I'm going to the store. Why don't I get some beets and I'll make some borscht? And I decided on the golden beets, so I used golden beets and cabbage. Yeah, it's and dill interesting. Right? And Can I just say that golden beets are interesting because this is not the cold Ukrainian borscht that some people know with the sour cream on it. Although we did put sour cream on it, this is a hot borscht it's made with cabbage and it's often made with red beets but the red beets do give it a lurid color yeah going in and coming out i don't like that about beets (laughs) that scares me so (laughs) bruce's golden beets and they were nice they had a potato-like quality in the in the borscht but it was super sweet and i was shocked he only used tomatoes and beets and then he used a tablespoon of date 
date syrup that I had in the refrigerator. Right, and some people use, you know, a quarter cup of brown sugar, and it mm-hmm. turns so sweet but in the soup. Beets are so sweet, and here's the thing. Meat is a common ingredient in Ukrainian borscht, and a lot of people use brisket. Some people use flonkin, which is the short ribs that are cut the thin way. I used oxtails. First of all, I had them in the freezer. And because they take so long to cook, here's what I did. I put the oxtails in the Instant Pot, and I covered them with water, and I let them go an hour and then a natural release. And they were not ready to eat yet, but tender enough that I could put them in the borscht with all that beef water now, that beef broth. Mm. And, oh, it went another two hours, and the beets and the cabbage, and I used San Marzano tomatoes that we got in the giant number 10 can at Costco. <laughs> okay, it was great. And uh, that was my thing, too. Uh, the Ukrainian borscht, we've had it for days. Um, it's total healing food. Mm. Um, and it's not the cold borscht you might know from delis. Instead, it's, uh, well, I guess they serve this in delis, too, right? This hot borscht. Oh, I yeah. Mean, it's really yeah, common, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But uh, when I think of borscht, I think of the cold red beet soup. Yeah, with that's sour cream. often what it what it is. But yeah. that'll yeah, I think on menus that would say cold borscht. It does. And if it just says borscht, you kind of have to ask because then you might get this Ukrainian style. Yeah, but you're never going to get with oxtails because they're not kosher. So you're never going to get them with <laughs> oxtails. Okay, that's the podcast, and my throat is clearly giving out. So that's the <laughs> podcast. It's good we've come to the end. Let me say that we have a newsletter. It is um, comes out about once or twice a month. You can sign up for it on our website, BruceAndMark.com. I do not collect or sell your email. I don't even know if you've signed up. And you can always unsubscribe at any time. Sometimes it's related to this podcast, like this recipe will probably come out on the newsletter. But sometimes it's not. It's about things that are happening in our life. Um, life in New England, my gardens. Sometimes it's even way off kilter, and it's about my podcast about Dante. So, you know, it just comes out once or twice a month. And again, you can subscribe on a form on our website, splash page, bruceandmark.com. And every week we tell you what's making us happy in food. So tell us what's making you happy in food this week on our Facebook group, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And if it's really fun and exciting, we'll talk about it here on our next episode.